He can't talk. He hasn't since the Blitzkrieg. The Messerschmitts, they... They machine-gunned the road and killed a lot of people. And me, I... I found him wandering in a field. Then he's not your son. Oh, nom de Dieu, monsieur, why such suspicion? Of course he is. We all ran. What were we supposed to have done? Died like the others? Then where is his father? I don't know. It's been three years now, hasn't it, since the Blitzkrieg? Maybe he's been... Well, you know, maybe that's why my son won't talk. Krauss passed smoothing fingers over their papers, only to hesitate at the laissez-passer that had allowed them to travel from the forbidden zone. She was lying, of course. After a while, one got to sense such things. Perhaps it was the way she studied the leather straps rather than look at him. Perhaps it was her anxiety over the boy whom she could only see by turning since her back was to the windows. What really is he up to? Is this what you're wondering, Angelique Belcourt? Are you afraid this son of yours will betray you? The sand-coloured hair that was thick and secured with the double twist of a strong elastic band was not stylish, but elastics like that were impossible to get these days. Still, she's from the countryside, he reminded himself, and they might have had a few, though he doubted it. The grey eyes were widely set and earnest in alarm and uncertainty, the lips resolute, full and soft, not defiant yet. No lipstick, too. Small enamel earrings, flowers of some sort, and cheap, were worn perhaps to please the boy. The bare arms were softly tanned from being out in the fields in her off hours. There was a small scar, a cut that had been stitched long ago on the left side of the wide, smooth brow. The nose was freckled and robust, solid peasant stock there. The cheeks were not thin, the face a broad oval. A small brown mole marred the left of a deeply cleaved chin. She had good breasts, good strong shoulders, the peasant ancestry again, he reminded himself. A passable figure. Taller than most, yes, yes. Her head was still held high. The eyebrows, wide and full, added further to the worried gaze. At once, a pleasant-looking woman, now well past her prime. It says here that you're a secretary. At the Hôtel de Ville, which is also the Commandantour. There are three of us secretaries, but the boy and I don't live in town like the others. We live at the farm of my uncle. To the northeast of Abbeville? Angelique warned herself never to volunteer information, but said resignedly, Yes, it's about twenty kilometres from town. It's near Bois Carré, but not too close, some distance from the woods. She was making certain he knew it too. Do you gather mushrooms there? he asked of the woods. Mushrooms? Ah, it's forbidden. All such things are, General. The trapping of rabbits, the fishing in our ponds and rivers, the taking of wild birds, all things. So we do not ever go to that woods, even for the firewood we must not gather, so as to heat our stoves to cook or keep warm in winter. One of the many rules of the occupation that were far too often broken, but which she obviously still hated. Boy, come here. Martin, the Major wishes to speak to you. First it had been general, now major. 
From flattery to the reality of working in the Commandantur, wondered Krauss. And how was it, even then, that a French secretary could identify the collar bars and epaulettes of an SS uniform? Boy, give me your name. He can't. Let him. But your name! shrieked Krauss, causing them both to jump, the boy to open his mouth in panic, to try to say, Martin, my name is Martin. There, now are you satisfied? she demanded, and reaching out, pulled the boy to her. It's all right, mon petit. The major didn't mean to startle you, he's just doing his job. The boy was thin and growing tall, thought Krauss. The sea-green eyes that were brimming with tears went with the dark reddish lights in the hair and the big ears. The angelic bone structure of the face, indeed that of the arms and hands too, didn't have the coarseness of the woman. There was